Hello and welcome to the EG Property Podcast with me, EG Editor Sam McClary, and your second Live from New York edition. This episode is a reflection on day two of Cretech New York and features three short interviews with three very different attendees. First up is GPE's Head of Innovation, James Pellat, with Innovation Manager and one of this year's batch of very impressive EG Rising stars, Ella Walter-Pavlo. They give us the property owner view, why they've come out to New York City this week and what they'll be taking home with them. Then it's over to Pi Labs and Spire Ventures' Faisal Butt to get the VC view and learn a little more about whether capital really is pulling back and what the startups need to focus on to make sure they get their share of investment. And to round up the trio, we talk to this tech solution. Jeremy Barnard is America's chief executive of Ascensis, and he shares the exhibitor view and gives us a little more insight on how collaboration is key when it comes to the growth of PropTech. The final word, of course, goes to me with a few of my own reflections on two days of learning here in New York City. So here we are, day two of Quito, and I'm joined by the very wonderful James and Ella from uh, GPE. We're stood outside, there might be some uh, sirens. There is a delicious smell of all the lunch trucks, um, but we're not here to talk about <laughs> sirens or lunch. We're here to talk about um, this show and um, James I know you come to pretty much all of the Cretech um, events don't you how have you found this one and what have been your learnings I suppose from being over here in New York um, it's been a really fascinating week actually uh, Cretech itself is is fantastic it's good to hear from other people how they're implementing and, and I think one of the great things about America is that they seem to be more open right there's a bit more sharing about what you're doing less afraid to to keep your secret sauce as we've just heard um and that's that's really helpful because some of it's just reassuring in that what we're doing is very similar and that's that feels good but you also do pick up some ideas as well so it's, it's encouraging yeah yeah and ella for you is this your your first time at a Cretech, or have you been to the one in london or? i've been to the one in london but this is my first time at Cretech new york so it's been really interesting to me um yeah a very diverse range of companies from the u.s and also globally as well and what what's been your takeaway what's the one thing that you're like oh i scribbled that down in my notebook and underlined it three times I think for me, the, the panel that we just joined about um, innovation, to how different uh, innovation leaders are structuring their teams and how they're looking at implementing innovation has been super helpful. I think, you know, working as an innovation manager myself, it's been partly reassuring to hear that others are doing things in the same way, especially focusing on getting problem statements from the business rather than, um, you know, just finding a cool technology and telling the business this is what you need to be doing. Um, and equally, just hearing about the, the way that innovation teams are structured at different kind of companies. You know, there, there was a great range of um, types of company there, some global, some building cities, and, and just understanding how people do what we do in different contexts has been fascinating. Excellent. One of the things I've noticed here is um, that's different to Quitech um, in London is there are more real estate companies here. There aren't many UK real estate companies here. You're here and, yeah. and Grosvenor secretly, we think. <laughs> um, what, do you think that's because um, they are more willi- willing to share here? They know they've, they've got to do something about it, so the real estate companies, because they come because they want to hear and learn and speak with other people. Yeah. Um, and for the UK companies, how do we get them, how do we get others to, to follow in, in your footsteps? Because this isn't about... <laughs> 
course you guys want to be better yeah. but it's it's about the future of the real estate industry isn't it it is yeah and it is I find it slightly baffling I must say, even in Cretec London last year one of the things I, I noticed was just how few of our peers were there and um, it, it's just a place to learn I think in America there's there's generally a more optimistic tone of here how can I innovate and do something and I think it started off uh, a few years ago when they, there was some competitive tension so if Heinz said something then Silverstein wanted to do something else and, and Related wanted to do something else so that started some healthy competition but one of the things I've also noticed here especially on terms of data and data management is, is how many firms have brought in people from the outside and these are very traditional real estate companies that have brought in uh, data experts from uh, retail and fashion and really starting to sort of implement change and that to me shows that they've evolved and, and you don't really get more conservative than a big New York developer and if they can do it then why can't we do it uh, and you only learn how to do it by coming to, to listen well let's fingers crossed people listening to this go damn it yeah. I should have been there and they can um, come and sample some of the amazing Spanish food that we yeah. stood, stood amongst and a final question for you what's the has anything surprised you um, that you've heard here over the last couple of days uh, I think it's a surprising probably not I don't I don't, I don't think anything we knew that they were further behind the sustainability yeah. I guess I'm encouraged than it's not as far behind as I thought that I thought there would be more scepticism and there would still be convincing needs to be done but a lot of what we've heard is no we need to do something and it's less about the economics of why should we and who's going to pay for it and more about okay now I've got to do something so that's a pleasant surprise I would say yeah yeah. yeah. I actually have one pleasant surprise as well so um, as somebody who I've not come to any conferences in the US before um, and I don't have much professional network this side of the world um, and I've been pleasantly surprised by how proactive and keen many different companies have been to meet us spend time with us yeah. um, and just you know share what they're working on so, so that's been a really positive surprise for me excellent surprise so it is all about collaboration we talk about it so much don't we and yeah. this, this is it in, in in practice and I think on that on the climate stuff I can agree with you more I think we just need now need to see you know sort of um, the money where the mouth is yeah because there's so much investment that's that's needed okay we all know we need to do it so let's get on and do it exactly yeah So who do I bump into in a room full of real estate and tech people? What a very wonderful surprise about. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Um, second day here, and uh, it's been pretty intense, but enjoying it. How's the jet lag? I'm okay. I woke up super early this morning. Couldn't go back to sleep because I'm on London time. I assume you, you had similar issues. Yeah, a yeah. nice 4 a.m. start. But yeah, you can exactly. get a lot done. Exactly. The yeah, that's starts, exactly so. what I was doing. Desk work. <laughs> yeah. And there's coffee and a run. here. Went for a run in Central Park, which nice. is good. But Very yeah, nice. to, to clear my head, to come here and be 100%, I, need, I needed that run. You've got to get the wellness right before you can get into the, exactly. into the work of it. Um, but we're here, as you said, day two at Cretec, New York. Um, quite a, a packed day yesterday. You were on stage yes. yesterday showing your insights. Yeah. I'm now going to steal some from you for the EG Property Podcast audience. What, what are you taking away from, from these two days here? Well, what I'm finding is that um, this event's a pretty good co- uh, cross-section of the various different stakeholders in this space. Um, 
I'm meeting real estate groups that are keen to deploy the tech. I'm meeting the tech startups themselves. There's some interesting VCs floating around, so our peers, essentially. Um, so for us, it's just an opportunity to reconnect with our ecosystem and community. That includes some portfolio company founders that are here, because uh, our portfolio is quite international. Like We have companies in 15 different countries, so we don't always see them in London, right? So but sometimes you, it's these conferences where you can catch up with them. So I had lunch with one of my portfolio company founders uh, yesterday from Toronto, and he flew in from Toronto to, to meet me, which was nice. Um, and then I'm also meeting some existing investors in our fund, um, such as GPE, etc. So they're here as well. And uh, there are, you know, other parties that are interested in getting involved with us, and we're meeting them as well. So it's kind of like a multifold um, reason for being here. I'm glad you mentioned um, GPE. I was just talking to, to James and Ella okay. as well, and we were talking about how it's really great here that there are lots of real estate companies. Yeah. Um, but as far as I'm aware, in terms of UK real estate companies, only GPE, and we think Grosvenor are knocking around somewhere. Maybe, yeah. But... Um, do the UK real estate companies not get it? That you know they need to be here to understand how to you know sort of thrive in the in the future. I have a feeling right now there's so many different conferences going on in different parts of the world. Like it would, they probably haven't curated it to find out that Cretech New York is probably one of the go-to conferences. I would say in this prop tech space, um, I'd say it's the if you're going to pick one conference, this is probably the one the one Michael Beckerman did not ask me to say that it's just me speaking from experience because I think all of us post pandemic have had to do a bit of trial and error because like the whole conference like space has changed and some are not well attended anymore and some are some have that gravitational pull and I feel like this one does so I was making a note to my colleagues saying like perhaps we should send a bigger contingent from PyLabs next year to this one and maybe dial down some of our attendance elsewhere Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's so there's so much going on here, yeah. isn't there? And it's been, I've been really interested in the conversations that are being being had, and some of them aren't conversation I, I expected. So I expected quite a lot of talk around ESG or, or the climate side of that. And yeah. It's great to see a you know sort of a climate pavilion here and lots of yeah. solutions being talked about. But I didn't expect so much talk around um, DNI actually, which I've seen yeah. quite a lot of on yeah. on the stage. And then coupled with that, the you know the fact that actually Bill businesses need um, particularly the next generation in in their firms to be able to um, prepare themselves for the future and then with that you know prepare those people for quite a tough time um, coming coming ahead and we've heard a little bit about you know capital drawing back and then um, you know the uh, resilience that some of the startups need and and you know that world really well and uh, and, you know you just talked about you've got your fund so you've got money ready to deploy what's your view on what the startups are going to need to um, sort of have in their arsenal if they if they can get through these these next few months years whatever it might be yeah i think so in the past that like the your typical startup founder was you know super ambitious like painted a very big equity story of like i'm going to build this unicorn etc um but, you know, financial prudence wasn't something that, like, investors would even look for in the founding team. It was like, well, do you have a really good CTO who can build the tech? Do you have a founder who understands the commercial side and can sell it? But we're now, when we're evaluating startups, we're actually looking for that financial skill set. And I don't expect a lot of startup founders to have it. So what we try to do is, like, help bring that building block. And so we have, like, a bench of 
CFOs that we can like deploy into these startups and help them build out their financial models, help them understand their cash runway, so they can just build the business in a more responsible way and have a more, you could say, sustainable business plan for the next couple of years. Because I think, um, yes, we still want big outcomes and we want ambitious founders thinking big, but we want them to also couple that with good financial planning because there may not be as much capital and, that, and that's a, a good reason for them to be here as well, to make sure that they're building those relationships. And, that, and that's why we come to these. Absolutely. And yeah. aside from bringing more people next year, um, yeah. what's, what's your key takeaway? What's the one thing that you're going to take back to, to the office back in London and say, guys and gals? I think, like any good conference, this is a really efficient way to um, meet people, in big volumes um, within, and all crammed into like two days. Um, I'm, I'm not usually a fan of like conference apps, but I feel like the 15 minute meetings assigned to like specific locations are like, it's quite efficient. Because yeah. frankly, no one's here to have deep, meaningful conversations. They're here to Just cram like the one. volume in, <laughs> right? And yeah. then follow that up with a deep, yeah. meaningful business building, relationship building. Yeah. So I feel like this this conference serves that really well. And then, of course, like there's, a lot, there's a lot of breakout socializing happening. Um, we're hosting our own drinks this evening, which hopefully you'll be joining us at. And there's quite a few of that uh, going on. So I think it's a good 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 combo of efficiency plus the relationship building side of this. And great to see so many people back together in real life. Yeah, a, you know, absolutely. As, as much as we love the tech, we also like real people. Yeah, for sure. I just ran into like... Uh, LPs in our fund that are from Hong Kong. I didn't know they were coming. They, were on, they weren't on the app, so I had no idea. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go find them right now and go spend some time with them because we hadn't met them in person. What an amazing thing to yeah. do here. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy yeah. the rest of the conference. I will. Thanks. You Thanks. too. Jeremy, we're here at the Ascensis, which I was calling Ascensis, so I apologize No, you're, you're not the first person that uh, <laughs> I won't maybe, be the last. or the last, exactly, <laughs> I was just going to say that. So we're here, uh, day two of Quitech. Uh It's been, I think it's been busy, and I haven't been manning a, manning a stand and talking to people. How's the show been for, for you, and what are, what are your sort of key takeaways? What have you been talking to people about, apart from the project, obviously? What have you been talking to people about? Yeah, well... Look, it's, it's been a good conference. Um, it's definitely been busy. I mean, we have a couple of objectives coming here. Obviously, one is, um, is uh, you know, generating new business, um, getting our, our product out there and, and, and awareness of what we do uh, in, in the marketplace. Um, so it's been successful in, in that respect. Um, we have a lot of existing customers that come to, the, uh, to this uh, event. So... It's nice to see them, and, and um, you know we had a we hosted a panel yesterday with uh, EQ and uh, Columbia Property Trust, fairly large landlords, and um, it's it's um, it's always good to you know continue to uh, expand with our existing customers, um, and then uh, and then also um, you know there's other companies here that uh, we potentially partner with, um, uh, so for example like HQO. Um, is a tenant engagement app, and we work with them uh, in in uh, providing our you know back end uh, infrastructure to their front end. So 
Um, so there's a lot of um, collaborative opportunities with various companies here. So uh, it's it's been successful on all those fronts. It's really interesting that you say that because I was having a conversation earlier today with um, James Pellet from, from GP and we were talking about the difference between uh, sort of the, the UK market and the US market, why there's not very many UK prop codes here and he was saying that it's so lovely here because everyone's so open to sharing ideas and collaborating as, as, you, as you say and back in the UK we're a bit behind on that, everyone still wants to you know, keep hold of their uh, secret sources. Oh yeah. It. Okay. Because you guys have a, a Quitech in in London, right? We do, yeah. But but yeah. you're saying when you went there, it just was a little bit more. Yeah, Protective. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is interesting. I didn't appreciate that, but um, yeah, no. Uh, last year was my first year going to this conference, and and frankly, even with other conferences, you know, other other, um, you know, uh, not just Quitech, it's generally that same the same objectives but that same feeling of, of being open and how, how can we work together um, you know because again we we have a we have a product that's we have a product that you know there's there's a lot of a lot of uh, need for and I think um, probably one of our biggest challenges in in North America is still brand recognition so just um, you know once people understand what we do they're like wow that's super interesting and we should you know we should talk about how we can do stuff together yeah yeah and let's let's talk a little bit about the market there's been quite a lot of conversation here obviously about you know we're entering some slightly odd odd times yeah Uh, capital is it's hard to come by. Lots of people have raised capital and hopefully there's lots sitting on, yeah. on the edge there. But we know that new capital raising is going to be tough. There will be startups in this industry, you're not one of them, who will, who will, will struggle. But how do, how do you feel about the, the prop tech industry as a, as a whole? And then the, I guess, real estate's adoption of it. You know, we saw this big spike in people uh, understanding that tech is so vital. Um, yep. through, through COVID that looks to be continuing what's your, what's your view from the, from the cold front? Yeah, so I, I think on the first, the first question um, I think definitely um, the, the market is changing um, I've spoken to a bunch of VCs here that, that I know and um, they're definitely getting um, it's interesting, one of them was telling me um, it's actually good for them because they they can do more due diligence than they were able to do previously, um, because it, it used to be very competitive, right? Um, everyone had a lot of capital, and everyone uh, was, you know, you had to sort of act quickly, um, or else another VC was going to sort of swoop in. And I think that's kind of stopped now. So um, I, I think I think the pendulums probably was a little bit too far the other way arguably the last couple of years um, a lot of uh, you know a lot of capital chasing a lot of deals and not a lot of um, sort of scrutiny as to the the market opportunity and, and you know whatever the underlying product might be and the, how the how much it was going to cost to scale and um, so I think I think it's coming back to a more sensible place um, so in that sense you know, there'll be less deals, um, um, I think, um, as people are being cautious. But I think, I think it's just going to force a lot of these startups to, you know, be that much more, um, you know, uh, 
um, focused and 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 clear as to how they're going to be profitable businesses in a short amount of time, right? It's not just about top line revenue, and even that's going to be hard to do. But um, so I think it's 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 I guess what I'm saying at some level, it's a healthy uh, correction um, to get things a little bit back to a, a, a more of a normal playing field, level yeah. playing field, yeah. I should say. I mean, that's ultimately good for the market. If there's um, well run, well thought out businesses, rather that's right. than just a, a, yeah. a, a tsunami of uh, startups. There. Exactly, exactly. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of companies won't survive. Um, you know, some particularly the early stage. You know, companies because they're not going to have that next round of capital available when they current, you know, current cash. Uh, but again, I think that's sort of a evolutionary process um, in th- that is somewhat healthy for the for the market anyway. Uh, yeah. And one thing that I notice here that we don't see so much in uh, the London Cretech is there's a lot of real estate owners here. Uh, in London, uh, it's, it's mainly tech talking to, to okay. tech. Uh, what are the what are the conversations that you are having with the, the real estate owners who are, who are dropping by? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and that maybe goes to your second question uh, just earlier, which is, you know, what how, what are people's thoughts on on technology and adoption, and that that is the, those trends are what we're seeing are only con- going to continue. In, in the right direction, um, you know, I, I think, um, particularly coming out of the pandemic, um, the role of technology, um, specifically, you know, we're we're focused on office, as you know. So, um, and and you know, how does how do you get people back to, to to the office, and how do you make that a meaningful experience, and how do you make it a seamless experience, how do you make it a secure experience? Um, that's specifically we help in the, in those contexts in that context, but a lot of these other technologies also facilitate that return to work um, and, and whatever that means. I think it's still still you know unclear, and frankly, will probably mean different things to different companies. The answer for you know Google is going to be different than the answer for Deutsche Bank, um, and that's okay. Um, but um, but technology. Buildings need to um, implement and accelerate their their technology stacks um, in order to meet the demands of the tenants at the the occupiers at the end of the day. And we talk a lot, don't we? Or you hear chat a lot in the in the real estate industry about this, you know, the shift to customer focus. Oh yeah. Really I'm, thinking about the the tenant. Do you think that is going to be the thing that really? forces adoption uh, among the real estate 100% and that's and because it's it's true it's happening now it used to be um, you know you sign your 10 year lease and if not longer put it on the shelf and you know um, you know not a ton of interaction with the with with the with the, the, the tenant um, and um, and and also or also you know it's like yeah we, we have this fancy new gym or you know fancy new rooftop um, which don't get me wrong is still still attractive to people um, but um, um, right now I think the difference between uh, buildings that are have you know relatively strong leasing velocity and versus ones that don't. Um, are the is the underlying technology 
within the building. Um, and we're hearing that and seeing that from, from our landlord customers. And um, uh, so, so it's almost like the, the you know, the, the other ones, the other amenities are almost table stakes at this point. You know, with the, like I said, the gym or the common areas or all that soft seating, whatever it might be. But, um, um, but you know, what buildings, what landlords can provide, you know, a seamless experience between uh, multiple buildings, um, you know, and and uh, so that ultimately their their tenants and the and, and the employees of those companies. Um, can have a again a, a meaningful experience when they do come back to work, not a frustrating experience or a complicated experience. Really interesting is just in the just in the main stage, and they're talking about the future of um, work, workplace. And uh, one of the panelists was talking about how we've kind of shifted from wanting to bring our home to the office, want all those sort of home comforts in the office, to now actually to get us back into the office. We just want it to be productive. We want to be able to do what we need to do there. And tech is so vital for, for that, isn't it? It's not about the foosball table or the comfy seat or the yeah. gym even. It's yeah. about well, finding quiet time. How do I make sure that I've got that ability to find a room where I can be quiet? That's quiet right. And, and, you know, how do I manage all, all of that? 100%. Yep. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's right. That's it. And t- tell me about um, what does a successful pre-tech look like for, for you? You've got the great, great stand here. You said you, the brand needs to um, get out there, out there and, and, and about. This is a perfect opportunity to do that. When you, when you pack up at the end of the day today, what, what will make you feel, yeah, like that was a, that was a good pre-tech? Yeah, I mean, look, the, it, um, in simplistic terms, um, you know, if we can walk away with uh, a half a dozen new customers, um, that's that's pretty pretty su- successful. Um, but um, and and I think we'll you know be on track to do something in in that in that range. But um, but it is there 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 are a lot of touch points that we have, like I was saying earlier about just educating the market on on who we are and. Um, so whether it's someone that turns into a customer or not, I think there's a lot more awareness. Um, um, so so that's that's hard to, you know, necessarily quantify. But um, but we know from all the you know hundreds of people that we've probably spoken to in the last day and a half um, that uh, they're 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 coming away with a better understanding of, of uh, you know of, of what we do and who we are. So. Um, you know, and then I, I'd probably just add, just you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, ha- having spent uh, the ability to spend a lot of time with existing customers um, all in one in, in one location. Um, so we've you know probably uh, maybe at least a dozen or, or more um, we've been able to connect with and spend some good quality time, understand how how things are going and opportunities to expand further with them. Um, so that's um, that. You know, th- those are all the metrics for uh, a, s- a successful conference for us. And so far, we're we're we're, we're on track to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, although we all love tech here, it's so nice to do it in real life, isn't it? Oh yeah. Just to be back back with yeah. You. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's still you know the novelty is, hasn't worn off at least on me. And I've talked to a few other people that. You know, I mean, last year I remember was obviously probably the first year for conferences, um, and that w- that was no question was I think super exciting for for a lot of people, albeit with uh, still some social distancing. You know, um, 
issues at times, uh, which which fortunately we don't have to really worry about this 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 time. But um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm still enjoying the, the you know the in person conversations and the happy hours afterwards and the dinners later and um, because you know we're all locked up for too long. Absolutely, and it's a very sociable industry. Oh yeah, that's, that's how deals get done. Exactly, it? it's all yeah, it's all it's all about relationships and it's hard to hard to do a lot of business over Zoom, you know. Great insights there from James, Ella, Faisal and Jeremy. What struck me most about the last two days is the variety of conversations there's been. Yes, there's been a few big themes, themes that we've all got used to hearing about, that COVID accelerant, discussions about the transformation of work, a hard focus on finding environmental solutions for the built environment, the power of tech to help with all of that. But I've also been surprised about the volume of conversation around DNI and future-proofing the sector through our people, our thought processes, and through sharing not just best practice, but different practice. Big architectures, Bjarke Ingel was particularly inspiring here. And it's always fascinating to listen in to the sheer scale of the sector out here in the States. One of the most interesting side discussions I leaned into was around utilising land for energy use and how land is fast becoming a powerful, excuse the pun, new asset class. There's plenty of it here, of course, maybe not here in a Manhattan, but here in the US. And my jaw dropped as the story was told of the purchase of more than half a million acres of Texas being bought by Arsenal owner Stan Kroenke back in 2016. The then ranching land now provides energy for more than a million homes. But that wasn't the jaw dropping bit for me. That half a million acres of land is bigger than New York City and LA combined. Just wow. But the really big takeaway for me was the passion. There was so much passion in the room for the real estate sector and its value over the past couple of days. This is a sector that can affect change. It has such a vital role to play in everyone's life. And from those manning the stands in the exhibition to those on the stage presenting, that passion really was palpable. 